America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is the greatest nation on God's green earth, though a lot of Americans, an overwhelming majority, in fact, believe we're headed in the wrong direction. They don't like the way that America is going. They certainly don't like Joe Biden's leadership. A uh, big majority of Americans actually do not see him as a strong leader, do not approve of his presidential service. Has he uh, strengthened his position by giving full recognition to this solemn and very important day? I know it's been marked on your calendars. Today is the International Transgender Awareness Day. No, really it is. And uh, the New York Times did a whole special on special restaurants that have been set up to uh, cater to that massive transgendered audience. And the president is talking about a, uh, a series of proposals today, not anything particularly effective to actually bring down gas prices, which is one of the things people count against him. Uh, the Newsweek has reported that the president's uh, entire release of uh, part of our petroleum reserves would have a massive impact. It would be enough to provide America's energy needs for nine days. Uh, and this is not just a nine-day problem. It's a long-standing problem. So is the political gridlock and stupidity in Washington, D.C. Uh, is there any progress made on that stupidity and gridlock with um, Madison Cawthorn accusing his Republican colleagues of sniffing cocaine and going to orgies, though he won't name any names. He just got taken to the woodshed by the Republican leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, and somebody who's a veteran of those kinds of encounters, not the encounters with sniffing cocaine or going to orgies, but encounters with trying to provide more constructive Republican leadership. Uh, Republicans have been wonderful when it comes to blocking idiotic Democratic proposals. They've done a good job with that. But the problem is, what are the positive proposals that Republicans have? We're going to be speaking with former Republican House member, considered one of the up-and-comers of American politics. He was called by Politico, the future of the GOP. His name was Will Hurd, a black Republican from the state of Texas. We'll be speaking with him about his new work, suggesting all of American politics needs a reboot. And there's also a great piece by Yuval Levin about why it is that the politics seems to be so stuck and so much like the pendulum of a clock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And, and by the way, the idea that right now uh, there are uh, various corporate interests that are using a Republican uh, public relations firm to smear tick-tock on behalf of Facebook, I mean, isn't that a little bit like the... Uh, basically the Iran-Iraq war and Henry Kissinger, who said it's a shame they can't both lose. Who do you pick in that kind of fight? Uh, and concerning other fights that are going on, there's a war going on in Ukraine, and it's a brutal war. Uh, the latest, the Ukrainian government is sending 45 buses that's a lot of buses on Thursday to take civilians away from the besieged city of Mariupol. 
And uh, evacuation efforts will be joined by Red Cross teams with aid supplies, according to Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister Irina Verestchuk. President Volodymyr Zelensky said Ukraine is preparing for a new Russian offensive in the eastern region of the country and pledged to fight for every meter of Ukrainian territory. At least 13 people have been injured in shelling in the eastern region of Donetsk, local authorities say. Uh, this is um, all extraordinary, and it is extraordinary about how short-lived that Putin pledge of scaling back on their military operations because they want to give peace a chance. They gave peace a chance of about 24 hours, not even. And uh, right now, where do you go? There's actually a fantastic piece that needs to be confronted by Brett Stevens, who asks, what if Putin didn't miscalculate? What if, uh, not that he isn't cunning, not that he isn't evil, but this idea that he was stupid or misinformed or everything is uh, simply a blunder? Well, he says, by his own lights, he may be playing this more skillfully than most people would acknowledge. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. Uh, Concerning... Uh, where we are right now in terms of politics of the moment, uh, Chuck Todd made a big concession on NBC. And uh, it, it's based upon their own polling, their most re- recent polling. Uh, here's what Chuck Todd from NBC found. Listen, this is clip 12. So where are we right now? Well... Let's take a look. The current round track in our poll is 71%. What's really striking is third straight poll where the direction of the country has been above 70%. There's only been one other time we've had that in our poll. 71%. Forget, look, 65% wrong track is a bad number. 71%. That's why it is in the shellacking category. Let's look at presidential job approval rating. All right. When, when uh, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush had midterms that went their way, their job approval rating was, was right around 50 or north of it. All right. When you start dipping below 45, you've got a problem, and you're going to have midterms that are in the bad to shellacking ratio. President Biden's at 40. George W. Bush was at 39% in 2006. We know how that turned out. Okay, 2006, the way it turned out was the Democrats won everything. Uh, they, um, uh, Bush had done well in 2000 to 2002, very surprising. And then 2004, and then 2006, he took a, I believe the, President Bush used the term a whooping. Um, And yeah, the Republicans got whooped. Right now, the interesting thing about the polling is the American people would like to whoop both sides. Both sides are playing things badly. Uh, But what about Vladimir Putin? Lots of people saying, well, he played things badly. He was misinformed. And President uh, Biden uh, really didn't have much to say about that. This is based on basically UK information from their Ministry of Defense. Uh, Putin, alienated from his advisors, completely misled. Uh, Brett Stevens writes, the conventional wisdom is that Vladimir Putin catastrophically miscalculated. He thought Russian-speaking Ukrainians would welcome his troops. They did not. He thought that uh, he'd swiftly depose Vladimir Zelensky's government. He hasn't. 
He thought he'd divide NATO. He's united it. He thought he had um, sanction-proofed his economy. He's wrecked it. He thought the Chinese would help him out. They're hedging their bets. He thought the modernized military that he had built would uh, make mincemeat of Ukrainian forces, but the Ukrainians are making mincemeat of his, at least on some fronts. Putin's miscalculations raise questions about his strategic judgment and mental uh, uh, state. Who, if anyone, is advising him? Has he lost contact with the reality? Is he physically unwell, mentally? Condoleezza warns he's not in control of his emotions. Something is wrong. But analysts have compared Putin to a cornered rat, more dangerous now that he's no longer in control of events. They want to give him a way out of the predicament he allegedly created for himself. Hence the almost universal scorn poured on Joe Biden for saying in Poland, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. But what if the conventional wisdom is wrong, as it so often is? What if the West is only playing directly into Putin's hands? Once again, we will confront that possibility. And what's wrong with American policy and politics? And where does it need to be fixed with Congressman Will Hurd? Coming up on The Michael Medved Show. Your outlet for outrage. I'm not going to take this anymore. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show if you have been paying attention at all to the speculation about the campaign of 2024 uh, there is one name that keeps coming up at least in media circles and uh, among a lot of common-sense Republican circles too it seems to me the name is Will Hurd he's a congressman for tech from Texas for many years he is the author of a brand new book which is called American Reboot an idealist guide to getting big things done and uh, today the USA today just proclaimed Trump versus Will Hurd in 2024 and uh, subheading uh, Republican fights racism and the big lie the Atlantic also had a piece Will Hurd 2024 revenge of the normal Republicans uh, normal Republican that sounds pretty good to me Will Hurd uh, what does it mean Oh, well, he's calling us right. He's calling us right back. Uh, his book is just coming out today. Again, it's called American Reboot, an idealist guide to getting big things done. He um, was called the future of the GOP once upon a time by uh, the um, Politico magazine, a Politico website. And he, according to uh, a number of observers who have uh, read through the book, I haven't had a chance to yet, but um, uh, Will Hurd, uh, it is said, provides a clear-eyed path forward for America, grounded by what he calls pragmatic idealism, a concept forged from enduring American values to achieve what is actually achievable. 
Heard takes on five seismic problems facing a country in crisis. Number one, the Republican Party's failure to present a principled vision for the future. Uh, number two, the lack of honest leadership in Washington. Uh, number three, income inequality that threatens the livelihood of millions of Americans. The question there is, what can, should the government do to address income inequality without basically handicapping some people and advantaging others, which is not a government role that most conservatives will be comfortable with, uh, that should be determined by the marketplace, not by uh, political markers or points of view or political goals. Uh, and then U.S. economic and military dominance that is no longer guaranteed. And finally, how techno technological change in the next 30 years will uh, make the advancements of the last 30 years look trivial. Uh, you want to talk about Republicans of today and the Republican Party doing damage to itself. And I talk about that plenty, and that's a, a real factor, but it's nothing compared to what the Democrats are doing. I mean, I can't believe this huge puff piece in CNN about President Biden and today, the Transgender Day of Visibility, that's what it's called, International Transgender Day of Visibility, which is today. I don't know how today was decided upon, but uh, we have decided upon an ability to connect with Will Hurd. Congressman Hurd, it's great to speak with you. And, uh, hey, Michael, thanks you, for having me on. Well, I will tell you, I was just telling people that uh, some of the terms that crop up in conversations about your book, American Reboot, just released, is that you're in favor of pragmatic idealism, which sounds great, and that uh, you are aiming to represent normal Republicans. What is a normal Republican? Well, I think a normal Republican is someone that believes freedom leads to opportunity, opportunity uh, leads to pro you know leads to growth, and growth leads to progress. Right? I think it's it's a normal Republican is someone that thinks that uh, we should have a strong foreign policy, and that our enemies should fear us and our friends should love us. Right? I think a normal Republican, especially right now, um, thinks that doing a deal with, with Iran is a pretty bad idea. Um, so I think those are I think those are some just some of the examples. Um, yeah, I think I think most normal Republicans think you can't spend more money than you make, right? Um, I think those are those are some of the examples and, and what I've learned in my you know, time in Congress and, and crisscrossing the country of what uh, a lot of folks are hoping uh, from the government. Would a normal Republican uh, question the results of a national election settled uh, a year and a half ago? I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that, um, you know, the, the, the reviews have been done, and, and I think 2020 was an election that was, that was lost. Um, and, and it's time for us to be thinking about a 2022. I think it's time for us to be thinking about how do we use 2022 to put us in a good position for for 2024? Well, a lot of people um, are saying that the Republicans have done a very good job of pointing out the failures and the disappointments and the stumbles of which there have been many, many of the Biden administration. What they haven't done is put forward a vision for a better future. What will be the first part of that 
American reboot, as you call it, uh, re redoing our politics and our policy on a federal level to make it more effective and hopeful? Look, Michael, thanks for the question, and I, I would agree with you, right? 2022 Republicans are going to take back the House. That's almost a, a, a done deal, likely to take back the Senate. And if we don't show a, a vision for the future and for the country, then it's uh, we're going to have difficulties in 2024. That's how the pendulum has been swinging for the last couple of the last couple of, of years. Uh, when I think of when I think of of you know what is one of the first things that we need to do i think it comes to the federal budget and, and our deficit you know the the we have to get that under control the fact that we're being impacted by inflation right now this is going to go on uh for likely for the rest of the year uh that's going to cause you know with interest rates going up that means we're going to pay more um on our on our debt and that is going to to balloon out of control so can we get a budget that balances um, for now, getting to that point is going to take a number of years. But can we put can we put forward an idea on how you do that over a couple of years? It's it's been done in the past. It can be done now. I think right now we're in a p period where when you look at what Russia is doing in in Ukraine and the fact that they're not afraid of a response from from the United States, and when you look at what the Chinese government is looking to do in a place like Taiwan. We have to make sure we have a foreign policy that is that is that is going to put, continue to put this America in a position of strength. What what do I mean by that? It has to be on technology. We have to show that we can introduce new technology into the into into the government in a quick way. Uh, we have to assume the Chinese already have the ability to do deep fakes using artificial intelligence to do deep fakes if they started using some of the capabilities that they have the way the russians have used their capabilities we're going to be we're going to be in a difficult spot so okay we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about that coming right up with congressman will hurd now retired uh, also ask what's next for him not just the country and the republican party we'll be right back with will hurd on the michael medved show a uh, Republican from Texas who recently retired. One of the questions I would have for you, Congressman, is that uh, with all of the ideas and ideals that you advance in your new book, uh, which is called American Reboot, and its uh, information about it is available at our website at michaelmedved.com, but with all of that information, and I know you talked about it at the time, and I remember you're talking about it, when you look back, what was the main reason you gave up uh, on your congressional career, at least for now, that you stepped down from uh, your position in the United States Congress? Well, for me, I, I've always believed that these seats aren't designed to be in forever. Um, you know, I, I always thought that um, you have a shelf life to do the job well. My old seat was 29 counties, two time zones, 820 miles of the border. It took 10 and a half hours to drive across it at 80 miles an hour, which is the speed limit in most of the district. And it was basically the size of Georgia. And I think to do those jobs well, you're supposed to be in them for, for a short period of time. And, and I enjoyed my time in Congress talking about uh, technology in a policy setting. Now I get to talk, talk policy in a tech setting and being able to work with 
young entrepreneurs that are working on the cutting edge of technology, um, I've, I've learned a lot. And so, so I think I think you know one of the problems I think with a lot of our systems, whether it's at the federal level, state, or local level, um, career politicians. And I think getting in. Um, and getting out, getting other experiences, potentially serving uh, again in the future. I think that's the way and the kind of the rhythm that um, these things should be done. So it was an opportunity for me um, to, to, to do other things, right? And, and I'll be honest, it's nice being in San Antonio. My folks are, my dad's 89, my mom's 78, and it's nice being able to go over to their, their house on a Wednesday and, and go and watch the Spurs. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, good good for you, and I'm glad if you're enjoying that. There is um, uh, talk about the Republicans and their likely victory, and that, of course, is reflected. There's a piece by Yuval Levin today in uh, Wall Street Journal about sort of the a pendulum politics that we have, that uh, it has been ever since 1992 a period of time unique in American history where party control seems to swing from one side to the other. And what Levin says is the problem here is that our elections are all so close that you never have a party looking at itself seriously and saying, we really blew this, we have to do something differently. It's always, oh, we just need to turn out our base a little bit more, we need to provoke people a little bit more, spend a little bit more, raise a little bit more. but. Because the elections remain close, nobody actually looks at himself or herself or the party and says, hey, we need to fix this. We need to change. Does that seem to have some resonance for you? Oh, it, look, a absolutely it, it does. And, 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 I, and I agree with, with your analysis 100 percent. And, and I look, one of the things, the reason I, I wrote American Reboot is to talk about our future, right? This this is this is about keeping this century the American century, and and the and, and the only way we can do that is is if we tackle some of these generational defining challenges that we as a country are currently faced with, and that and, and I think the way that we tackle these is through this conservative perspective, and and the only way that we're going to do that is to continue to grow within groups that haven't um, uh, that don't necessarily ascribe themselves with being conservative of the Republican Party. I'm a black Republican that represented a 71% Latino district. Nobody thought I had a chance, but I was able to grow our perspective and our party in, in areas because I showed up, I listened, I talked about uh, the things people care about, and I don't care who you are, you care about putting food on your table, a roof over your head, and making sure that the people you love are healthy, happy, and safe. And when you address those topics, uh, you're able to make inroads. And I think we have an opportunity um, because of a lot of the incompetence of the Democratic Party uh, to, to not only just barely win or, or, or take over, and then uh, we have an opportunity to, to put a, a, a policy of government in place that can last for a couple of decades, which is which is what we need in order to tackle these challenges, like a, a Chinese government that's trying to surpass us as a, as a global superpower. So that principle and that and that and the idea you talk about, I, I agree with 100 percent. Yeah, you think about the transition, the last big political transition we seem to have had was with Ronald Reagan, who mm -hmm. uh, ended up winning a huge majority in 1980 and, and won 12 Senate seats. Can you imagine? One election, the Republicans 
picked off 12 Democratic senators because America wanted to move in a new direction. And Reagan offered a pretty clear idea of which direction to move in. Um, everybody's looking for the next Ronald Reagan. I mean, I guess Democrats are looking for the next uh, uh, JFK, though they'll settle for the next Barack Obama. Um, but if you're looking ahead toward 2024, are there any Republicans out there who you think get it and are talking in the right terms and moving in the right terms? And if there are, who are they? Um, look, it, it, it's a good question. I, I think I think ultimately it's going to probably be a name we don't we don't talk about a lot, right? I, I think that's you know trying to think about 24 uh, when there's another election in front of us is is difficult. I think some of our governors are are doing a good job of of growing um, of growing the party, um, and, and and I think it's it's going to be someone. Like, I want to see more people that inspire voters rather than try to use fear mongering uh, to to get elections, um, you know, get people out to vote. Uh, Texas, my home state, we just went through an election, a uh, primary election. Only three million people voted. Three million out of thirty million, right? And 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 I would say that voter apathy is because those other twenty-seven million people didn't see something, somebody, or something that inspired them. And so I think that's the opportunity. I think that's the upside. I think that's what Americans are looking for, to, to be inspired. And I think whoever is able to do that and show that they have good ideas as based on values and that have some experience in these issues that people care about, I think that is the, I think that is a formula for success. Uh, Leader McCarthy just uh, conducted a, a retreat in Jacksonville, Florida, where one of the things that he said that they came out of was they were going to resolve that when the Democrats take over the House, as they expect to do, they're going to launch a whole bunch of new investigations, including an intense new investigation of Hunter Biden. Uh, do you think that's a great idea? Look, one of the things when I, you know, when I was in Congress, um, the things that are talked about on the news and sometimes in social media were not the questions that I got asked by my constituents. My constituents asked, why was that road so crummy? And it was hard for the school bus to get to school in the morning. Uh, why do my kids not have access to computer science in their classroom? Like only 40% of high schools across the country have computer science in the classroom. It would be veterans asking, you know, why is it so hard for me to get an appointment in, in the VA? Uh, why are deductibles so high when it comes to, to healthcare? I think when you focus on those issues, and, and don't get me wrong, right? Like, um, if you see a, a malfeasance in, in in politics, those kinds of things should be investigated. But the 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 first step is to make sure you're delivering to the American people on goods and services that they need, right? Um, I think that is the that that is where we can be successful and set the table for 2024 in order to, to make sure that we continue uh, with the success that we're likely to see in 2022. Okay, that's a great message. I mean, the one thing that I would add to that, and I was talking to the, my listeners about that yesterday, is the Justice Department, even under Joe Biden, has a full investigation based in Delaware, and apparently they're finding some real problems with Hunter Biden, which everyone is beginning to acknowledge. So a new congressional investigation, well, better things to do, like maybe helping Ukraine actually win this war. We'll get to that and more.
Congressman Will Hurd, the book, American Reboot. We'll be right back. I'm getting an education, and that means you're about to get an education about the uh, solemn and very important day we are observing today. And by the way, it's not April Fool's Day yet. (laughs) That's tomorrow. Uh, This is the day before April Fool's Day. I don't even know how they chose today. It is uh, called the uh, Visibility, the International Transgender Day of Visibility. And do you think that transgender people, uh, all that huge percentage of America who is proud to be transgendered, that's been invisible recently, that it's been hidden? We will, we will get to that. I, but one of the things is the White House um, put out a fact sheet on the, uh, all of the extremely exciting events that I know you would want to be part of. Uh, for instance, today, and this is kind of amazing, the world's first uh, transgendered uh, Jeopardy champion is going to be meeting with the first gentleman. And uh, I don't know, the first gentleman, Doug Imhoff, the the husband of uh, uh, Kamala Harris... Uh, now, again, if something is so, uh, how do I put it, low priority that y- you can't even have the vice president deal with it, the president's not going to deal with it, the vice president's not going to deal with it, the vice president's husband is, the first gentleman, he's going to deal with it. No Jill Biden here. I, I mean, okay, we, we will get to that in in a moment, but it is amazing to me how seriously my wife my wife read about this last night in the middle of the night and she was reading this piece about how transgender oriented new york restaurants that hire all transgender people that serve all transgender people i don't know maybe they have transgendered salt and pepper shakers who who knows but all of these restaurants in new york city were getting ready for the big celebration today and also did you know there was a transgender flag? It's different from the gay pride flag. And you've got to be very careful to note those differences, but we will get to that as well. We're talking before, while all of this is going on, uh, there are massacres of people going on. There's also an increasing volume of evidence that part of what is happening in Ukraine right now is um, basically capturing people and forcing them, dragging them by by bus to where? Not to prison, not to prison camps, but to that great big international prison camp known as Russia. And I, it doesn't it say something? I mean, there are people who are willing to risk everything to get into the United States, and there are people who are willing to risk resistance and flight and all kinds of dangers to stay out of being dragged into Russia, which the Putin regime is doing. And uh, I I was sharing with you the challenge that Brett Stevens posted in the New York Times, and I think it's entirely correct. He says, we need to ask ourselves, 
What if it's not true that this is all just one great big blunder, one great big horrible mistake by Vladimir Putin? He asked the question, what if um, uh, the conventional wisdom is wrong? What if the West is only playing into Putin's hands once again? Now, how could that be? He says, when Western military analysts argue that Putin can't win militarily in Ukraine, what they really mean is that he can't win clean. But since when has Vladimir Putin ever played clean? Quote, uh, there's a, um, uh, an observer on Ukraine named Gail, last name, and he says there is a whole next stage in the uh, Putin playbook, which is well known to the Chechens. He writes, as uh, Russian troops gained control on the ground in Chechnya, they crushed any further dissent with arrests and what they call filtration camps. That's the way they filter out the people they need to filter out. Filtration camps and uh, by turning and empowering local people and collaborators. The, uh, suppose for a moment that Putin never intended to conquer all of Ukraine. That from the beginning, his real targets were the energy riches of Ukraine's east, which contain Europe's second largest known reserves of natural gas. Second after what country has the most reserves of natural gas? Norway. Thank God it's there. Uh, continue that with Russia's previous territorial seizures in Crimea, which has huge offshore energy fields, and the eastern provinces of Luhansk, uh, the um, Russians say Lugansk, and Denmark, uh, and pardon me, and Donetsk, which uh, contain part of a, an enormous shale gas field, as well as uh, Putin's bid to control most, of, uh, most or all of Ukraine's coastline, and the shape of uh, Putin's ambitions become clear. He's less interested in reuniting the Russian-speaking world than he is in securing Russia's energy dominance. Quote, under the guise of an invasion, Putin is executing an enormous heist, said Canadian energy expert David Knight Legg. As for what uh, is left of a mostly landlocked Ukraine, it will likely become a welfare case for the West, which will help pick up the tab for resettling Ukraine's refugees and new homes outside of Russian control. In time, a, a Viktor Orban-like figure could take Ukraine's presidency imitating the strongman style of politics that Putin prefers in his neighbors. If this analysis is right, then uh, Putin doesn't seem like the miscalculating loser his critics make him out to be. Within Russia, the war has already served Putin's political purposes. Money, uh, many in the uh, professional middle class, the people most sympathetic to dissidents like Alexei Navalny, have uh, gone into self-imposed exile. The remnants of a free press has been shuttered, probably for good. To the extent that Russia's military has embarrassed itself, it is more likely to lead to a well-aimed purge from above than a broad revolution from below. Russia's new energy riches could eventually help it uh, shake loose the grip of sanctions. This alternative analysis of Putin's performance could be wrong. 
Then again, in war, politics, and life, it's always wiser to treat your adversary as a canny fox, not a crazy fool. I would suspect that most Americans have no idea about some of these seizures of energy that are involved. And I don't mean energy like the willingness to get in the morning and get things done. I'm talking about energy in the ground. That good old-fashioned petroleum, fossil fuels, it, the Ukraine and particularly parts of Ukraine that Putin is interested in most has deposits. And they could provide a um, basically tremendous boost to Russia, whose only real resource recently and only the strength in international trade has been in terms of gas and energy. And especially with uh, Germany now working very hard and willing to make real sacrifices to cut off their dependence on Russian oil, the idea of further Russian dominance of energy reserves in Europe uh, looks very scary and makes a lot of sense. And uh, the idea that uh, right now uh, Joe Biden is, uh, if anything, it, it, you, can, you can root for him because obviously you have to root against the evil of Vladimir Putin. But so many unnecessary mistakes and so little willingness to correct them. I will be speaking coming up to um, somebody who spent 26 years with the CIA about the quality of American intelligence regarding Putin and his next step and who he is and what is going on in the Kremlin. One thing I can assure you, they're not flying the transgender flag. The uh, transgender fl flag, also known as the trans pride flag, <clears throat> Monica Helms, an openly transgender American woman, created the flag in 1999. The light blue and light pink are the traditional colors for baby boys and baby girls, respectively, while the white represents intersex, transitioning, or a neutral or undefined gender. So there are two little blue stripes on the top and bottom, then two little pink stripes, and then in the middle, the intersex big white stripe. So inspiring. Happy uh, transgender, International Transgender Visibility Day. We will get to the solemn observances and much more in this greatest nation on God's green earth.